Let's see, Brendan Shea, name and address for the record. Hi, yes. Um, yeah, my name is Brendan Shea, um, address 139 Century Street Extension, Medford. Uh, I've lived in Medford for 18 years, so I don't know if that makes me uh, a newcomer or where the threshold is for that. Um, I just, I really wanted to hold up some of the things that Rebecca and Marley and Abdias had said earlier about um, the, the way that I feel like people have been dismissed and their concerns have been dismissed in this, um, in this discussion. Um, I've been to city council meeting before, but this is the first one on Zoom and this is the first one with this, with this council. And, and really, frankly, it's been, it's been really eye-opening for me, I have to say. Um, you know, like Rebecca had said, there's been a lot that's been talked about, about um, the number of years of experience that people have had in doing budgets. And, you know, I value everyone's experience. However, I care about what people do now in this moment. This moment is so important right now with what's going on in the world with COVID, with what's going on in the world with Black Lives Matter and marginalized people. And I frankly don't care about, you know, people saying we have seniority or it's really important that people's voices be heard. Um, I, I also want to echo what people have said about, I feel like there's an avoidance here of talking about what the core issue is, which is what are the values that we have? Our budget is a reflection of our values as a community. That's what's important right now. That's what we should be talking about, not um, technicalities, not putting people down. Um, yeah, this is, it's been eye-opening. Um, I feel like I'm a much more informed voter. So yeah, thank you. Thank you again. And um, thank you, uh, Councillor Falco. Uh, it's a very challenging job to, uh, to organize everything here. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Brendan, thank you very much. I, I try my best, um, uh, I, but I appreciate your kind words. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. I'm, I'm trying hard to call people that have not been called yet. So um, I just want to make sure everybody has the opportunity to speak. Let's see, Sophie Ricks. I don't. I don't believe you've spoken yet. Uh, if you could please have your name and address for the record. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, it's Sophie Rick, 78 Cotting Street. Hi. Um, I just want to echo a lot of what other people were saying um, about the lack of a statement from the four counselors. I understand that tonight they're trying to make statements, but I'm still confused as to why there wasn't a statement. Sorry, I'm out of breath. I'm pregnant. I sent a letter to all four counselors on Saturday. I didn't hear anything back from any of them. Uh, I sent them another email earlier today, didn't hear a word back. Um, I do see things posted on social media that they are responding to some people and I'm confused as to if they have the time to respond to one person, why not just put out a statement um, to everybody? Uh, so it does feel like they're sort of picking and choosing. Um, 
I still don't have a clear sense why they couldn't show up on Saturday morning or in the last few days to explain that. Um, I want to add a few other things. Uh, my father is 86. Um, he teaches at BU. He was able to learn Zoom in like a day in order to teach. Um, and he does that successfully uh, multiple times a week. He's been teaching on Zoom. Um, I use Zoom for telehealth. I appreciate the, the voices of other people who work in healthcare. Um, I also wanted to come back to the analogy that Counselor Scarpelli offered about uh, if you were a teacher to Elisa, um, if you had one student who something wasn't working for. And I think the analogy wasn't actually complete because the analogy would be if you had one student who at the beginning of this pandemic said, online teaching really isn't working for me. Can you come into the school? I really need to sit down with you face-to-face -face in a small office to work on my long division. You would say, I'm sorry, I have to be you know, choosing public health over this. Your long division uh, skills might suffer right now. As a therapist, this is something, I, I'm a therapist, I'm a social worker. I'm in a lot of private practice um, and therapy online groups. And I see people saying, you know, a lot of my clients want to come back for face-to-face -face sessions, sort of what should I do? And the response is, we need to be the responsible ones. We need to be the professionals who say, I would love that too. I get that Zoom isn't great, um, but that's the better option right now. That's the safe option. Just because someone wants to do it doesn't mean it's the best thing for them. And the city councilors need to be the people who are the adults in the room saying, you know what? Yes, we're listening to the Board of Health. We're listening to the people who are the professionals, not just because someone is willing to risk their own life. It's not about, I heard someone earlier say something like, this is America and you don't get to decide for other people when it's a pandemic and you're going to affect other people when you're going to be the person ending up in the hospital who's infecting those healthcare workers. Yeah, actually, your responsibility is to more than just yourself. This isn't about whether you decide you want to wear a bike helmet when you're going for a bike ride, because that's only going to impact you. Um, so, you know, the analogy I have for, for being a therapist is I would also say to clients, um, you know, if they want to meet in face-to-face -face for therapy, unfortunately, this isn't a good idea. If we can do a risk assessment for suicidality over Zoom, I think you can hold a budget meeting. It doesn't seem that challenging. I, I echo what the seven-year-old said. I think it was Antonia. Antonia, uh, I can see all of you guys perfectly. I don't have any technological issues right now. Um, if any of the counselors have technology issues, I hope they would take up, I think, uh, President Falco, you offered space in City Hall for anyone who needed it. I hope they would take it up. I don't really see the difference of having the council meeting in person um, if all of the residents are still going to be not allowed in there anyway. Um, I would also say, as well as what people have mentioned about um, the ADA and not being able to see lips move um, for folks who are hard of hearing, there's also just a lot of body language. So this is one of the reasons that in telehealth for therapy, it's actually more advantageous to be in Zoom uh, where you can see the person's whole face rather than sitting six feet away with a mask on. You can see a lot more of what's going on with somebody's facial expression on Zoom. Um, the last question I had uh, was for um, Vice President Caravello. Um, I'd like you to explain uh, your intention in reposting the statement from the Medford Police Patrolmen's Association this morning. I noticed that Harold McGilvery, I think that's his name, uh, is on this call right now, and that that post talked about anti-police rhetoric and calls to cut the budget in the same statement that it talked about thanking you and the three other counselors for skipping out on the meeting and not attending. Um, I know that post was then taken down, so maybe a lot of people didn't see it, 
Um, but it seemed pretty clear to me that the intention was we want to have a Zoom meeting or we want to actually avoid a Zoom meeting because in person feels like fewer people will attend um, who are passionate about this issue. Uh, I don't see why um, you'd be reposting that unless you agree with that piece about anti police rhetoric being a problem. I don't hear a lot of anti-police rhetoric as about particular policemen. I hear that we're having kind of a reckoning in this country about anti-racism and the importance of, as people have been saying, this is a budget meeting. If we have to choose where our money is going, does it make sense to keep the police funding at the exact same level and, and cut the schools? Um, so I also wanna echo, um, I think it was Rebecca, and maybe Elisa, who you, um, Vice President Caravello, you said you were offended by their comments. Um, I, I think that being held accountable, again, they were completely polite. That was not, that was not somebody disrespecting you. I'm, I'm offended by the, the lack of a statement from all four of you. Um, and I would also just ask uh, that commenting on constituents' physical appearances during this Zoom call, even if it's as a joke, like it's probably something we should move away from. Um, so commenting on someone's, you know, eyes, like it probably seems silly. It probably seems really PC, but I would urge us not to do that too. So that's all I have to say. I'm going to go to bed soon, but I'd love to hear a response from any of you. Mr. President. Councilor uh, Scarpelli. So, thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sophie, for, uh, for speaking tonight. But um, not at one time did I mention let's make an unhealthy choice and put people in a small room and, and with COVID being such a dangerous situation. I'm a son of a mother that has diabetes. I'm one of only two caregivers. So I understand fully how to take precautions and be safe so I don't put her in harm's way, believe me. So I never said that we're going to meet, that we should meet in a small room. That's not an intent. The intent again, because this is this is what I find a little uh, a little disheartening. We're trying to 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 not divide and to to stay stay together, but the same thing keeps coming up. We had questions, so during the during the the procedures, I talked about this at the beginning. We a month a month before the budget, months before the budget, wanted to have something in person. As the process carried on. Up until this past week, we were hoping something would come out that we could have both a Zoom and an in-person meeting to try to have counselors in a safe location where they could be social distance around away with a mask. We would have the constituent that has a question to approach the rail, which is more than 10 to 15 feet away, where they can take their mask off and inter interact with the, with the council. And we have plenty of room that we, if we just, it, it, that we would move our uh, financial group and our speakers to one side. So the process is just even to evaluate that, to look into that. But personally, I didn't feel like that was heard. So I took the stand that I'm not going to show at a meeting where a person or people, not one person, God forbid I say one person, that people are not heard. Why didn't you just make a statement about that on Saturday morning then? Because you know what? I, I, we also have families. We also have other things that are going on. I'm also Saturday just, night, if I Sunday morning. 
if Sunday I evening. Return, if I didn't return your your email, I apologize. But I've been listen to to the communities communities applaud. I got a lot of emails. I got a lot of phone calls. I spent a lot of time away from my family. Like I said, I'm one of only two caregivers to my mom. So Saturday and Sunday, my sister's a teacher who just got moved, by the way. So my sister's a teacher. So I try to find time that I could spend with my mom. So I tried as much as I could, many times as I could, to try to re-, re But you were planning on attending that meeting initially, so presumably no. you had carved out time to no, attend no, it? No, no, I would- Didn't I would, have like 10 minutes to issue a statement? Sophie, again, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna share this with you, that unfortunately, Council Falco and I have worked together for over 11 years. We've worked w very well together. But the conversation Council Falco and I had, unfortunately, was a dis there was a misunderstanding that he asked, George, are you coming to the Zoom? And I said, no. He was meaning my Somerville Zoom meeting in my municipal job that I work in. So that was a clear misunderstanding, something that we both didn't know. I was, I was offended with Council Falco. I'm sure he was offended by my actions. But at the same time, these are the things that lost in translation. But what about the next two meetings then? So you still, after the, after the Saturday issue, like the, the next one, was it on Monday, right? Yeah. Monday and Tuesday, is that correct? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was on all three. I was waiting on all three. And again, I wasn't going to go to those meetings. I don't understand why you don't understand. By going to those meetings, by or issuing a statement. I'm saying if you don't go to the don't go to the meetings, why aren't you off issuing a statement saying this is why I'm not attending? You know why, Sophie? Why because did we get nothing? There's over 200 calls and emails and phone calls, both for and against. And there's a lot of people that were for that supported me. That's not that. answering I'll the question honest, at I'm all. You're not answering, the, answering the, question. the question. I am. I am. You're not. People calling me. If I did, if I spent all that time doing that. It took time away from my family. I'm not saying oh, to answer each individual email. I'm saying to issue one statement, one statement. I'm, I'm used to being interrupted, but I would like you to answer why you couldn't answer one statement. One at a time, please, one at a time. So again, so Tuesday night, the meeting Saturday, Monday, today, tonight, I felt it was appeasable for I to make my comment and statement tonight. If that doesn't suit you, Sophie, there's nothing I can do about that. So. We can agree to disagree and move on. My statement was, was made for tonight. That's it. So I can reach all the constituents that are on the call, that are home watching the, the video. And if it doesn't suit you and I don't have your support again or ever, that's fine. That's life. And we move on. That's what being an elected official is. So we, we can move. Right. I would hope that next time, if there's a situation like this, it might think that it makes sense to issue it at the decision-making point, but. I'll tell you what, if I had the same situation like this where I constituents that felt that they weren't being treated fairly, then I would do the same exact thing. But thank you. Mm -hmm. Anybody else who would like to respond, uh, especially Vice President Caravello about the uh, police patrolmen's, I'd love to hear from you about your statement on it. It's Richard Carviello. Excuse me? It's Vice President Carviello, are you on the call still? Mr. Clark, do you know if uh, Vice President Yeah, I'm Carviello? trying to unmute him right now. I'm trying to unmute him. Okay. He's on the phone now. Thank you, Mr. Clark. Thank you, Mr. Clark. I apologize. My computer has died, and uh, I do need to buy a new one this week. Uh, but again, um, my comments for the police patrolmen, uh, I've always been an advocate of public safety. 
for the policemen, and, I, and I'm, I'm never going to change that stance. Uh, the, the, I mean, the, the, these are the men and women who protect that community. Uh, I have full faith in the chief uh, that, he, that he'll do, uh, put together the proper safeguards uh, that'll make everybody in this, com uh, this community uh, comfortable. Uh, so again, do you, do you uh, believe then that that means that not a penny should be uh, deducted from a police budget to go toward those? Mr. President. Point of information, Council Marks. <clears throat> Mr. President, are we, debating the budget? are we debating the budget tonight, Mr. President? You are correct. Council Marks. Focus here, Mr. President. Yeah. Again, Mr. President. We'll have ample time to debate the budget. This is not a night to debate the budget. Okay, sure. just that he reposted something that referenced it. So. Correct. And, and I stand and I stand behind the Memphis Police Department one hundred percent. My public safety is, is the number one concern in this community. Always, the residents of the, these men and women go out, put their lives on the line every day. So again, I, I, they have my one hundred percent support, and I'll, ne I'll never change that. So, uh, yeah, any, uh, any other question you want to ask me, I'm happy to Well, I mean, I guess we're not talking about the budget, but talking about sort of the big scandal last year with overtime and okay, listen, behind listen. all of those. We're going way off track in this. I mean, Mr. President, these people are going to go. We got to stop. We got time out. Call me in order. Let's start over, John. Everybody, everybody, I'm not going to participate in this foolishness. Vice President Caviel, I'm trying to talk, okay? So, thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, there's obviously no appeasing anybody that's on these calls this evening. So, again, I'll wait till we get back to the regular order of business. Again, this is just turning into name calling and and cat fighting. I didn't call uh, anyone I mean, any names. Okay. I so, don't know what you're Mr. talking Mr. President, about. I, I, I'm not going to answer any more questions until we, until we get back to the regular order of business. Thank you, Vice President. Like I say, this is, these, these are going nowhere. So if, if I may, we'll be talking all the budget-related questions regarding the police and anything regarding the police. That should be held to the budget meeting, which the budget schedule will come out uh, most likely um, Thursday. So, okay, um, thank you. Just to let you know, okay? Thank you. So I'm going to try uh, calling some other people that have not been called on yet. So we have, uh, let's see, uh, Jessica has her hand up. Jessica, is it Raviccio? If you could please have your name and address for the record. Hello, Mr. Pref um, Mr. President. I'm, my address is 622 Boston Ave. Hi. Um, my name is Jessica Raviccio. Um, and I first want to start out by giving my heartfelt thank you to Michael Marks, Rick Caraviello is his name, Adam Knight, and George Scarpelli. I want to thank these, these men for making sure that when they brought themselves to the table to have this discussion, that they had all the facts that they wanted. Because there have been previous meetings where it was happened over a weekend and under the table, and most of us didn't even know what hit us. So I want to thank these four men for appreciating what they do for this city and taking the time to be well-informed. Second of all, I would is I want to ask, is there a time limit for constituents to speak? Because of the school not, committee- not, not more than 10 minutes. Oh, no. the school committee is three. It should be much less than this meeting too. Um, <laughs> thank you. Everyone keeps talking about that everyone needs to be heard. The This meeting and the previous school committee meeting have probably the same 250 people on it at, at both meetings. So again, we're still not reaching Medford. And the, the idea that we are is ludicrous, is absolutely disgusting. 
there are members of this city that are not being reached in these conversations. So major things happen with the school committee led by Mr. Rousseau and underhanded by Mr. Beers and Mrs. Morrell, whatever her name is. Um, but I want to appreciate that the, these four men have stood up for the city and the time they have put into it. And I want to say that I want to thank personally Mr. McGillivray and every single individual man and woman on that police department that puts themselves on the line for us every single day. None of pe Most people on this phone call wouldn't have the nerve to do that. But I'm going to remind you that our police department is extremely important to this city. I have family members on this police department. And I think all this constant bickering back and forth about why you did this and why you did that, they are the counselors. They do their jobs. Nobody has to put out a statement. No one has to give you, tuck you in at night and make sure you, you're well known about what's happening. No one has to do that. And I'm really sick and tired of all the people, part of OR, coming on these calls and beating you guys to heck. So I am going to say my piece and be like, thank you to the four gentlemen. Thank you so much. And to the woman who tried to ask Councilor Scarpelli where he was and he, she got no answer, he had stepped away to take care of his dog from barking. So just so you think that these councils are not responding to you, they're human beings. We have, they have lives outside of this. And this whole nonsense is started by Mr. Rousseau, Mrs. Morrell, and Mr. Beers. Okay. And all I have to say is I'm disgraced and I'm disgusted at the three of you. Thank you. Point, point Thank of you. information, Mr. President. Uh, oh, here we go. Council of Beers, point of information. Were you aware that I had the power to just do whatever I want in the city? Because I certainly wasn't, and I... I just want to thank again the hundreds of people who keep turning out and participating in city government. So thank you very much, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Beers. We have up next. Uh, Can I finish? Can I respond to him quickly? Qu quickly, please. Okay, I promise you. you can, I, I appreciate that you're trying to show face here and trying to make people believe that you're not something that you are. But those of us who know what you do, it's never going to be forgotten. I, thank I you grew to up the, in the city. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't actually I, care to I, I don't, speak I don't to know you. what you're saying. Wait, so one at a time. Again, if you again, make I thank Mr. Them. Marks. I thank Mr. Caraviello. I thank Mr. Scarpelli, and I thank Adam Knight, who I went to high school with, and I thank them very much for their dedication to making sure they have all the facts when they come to the table. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. We have Nathan Gurn uh, up next. Nathan. Hi, Mr. President. Point of information. Uh, point of information. Council of Beers. I just want to say that, you know, if people are going to throw around accusations, I'd actually, I, they would actually say what they're trying to say because it just sounds like dog whistling to me. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see, Nathan Guerin. Name and address Hi. for the record, please. Uh, my name is Nathan Guerin, and my address is 126 Monument Street in West Medford. Um, I just want to say this is my first council meeting, and I'm really energized by all the other citizens here and really excited about what, uh, what I've been hearing. Um, I came into this meeting with an open mind and I wanted to hear out the four council members who missed the earlier budget meetings. Um, I, do, I had read a little bit, but of course I wanted to hear their own words. And I just want to say that I'm just to echo something that I think the majority of the people in this meeting have said, I'm still really disappointed and I'm not satisfied by their statements. Um, at one point, I think it might've been Councillor Falco, I might be wrong, I'm sorry, mentioned that it was like when four council members who are very senior have a feeling that something is wrong, 
all individually without talking about it and, and choose to take a stand. Um, like that, that, mean, that, that means something. And that I, I agree with that. But I also think that the majority of this people, the people in this call, the, these citizens of Medford have all felt that something was wrong with four counselors missing so many budget meetings. Um, and I don't think anybody here that came in with thinking about that or, and I think many of us came in with an open mind waiting to be like, I don't know, I, I could have been convinced. I don't think anybody has accepted those explanations and I'm really disappointed and we'll take that decision to the ballot box next year. Unless there's a bunch of things that happen in the interim, but who knows. Um, also, I wanna thank um, Councilman's Moral Bears um, for just really reasonable, not like being getting really defensive at um, comments. Um, and finally, thank you so much, President Falco. I know it's really hard to do these kinds of Zoom meetings and I really think you're doing a good job. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying my best. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I didn't make that other comment, though, when you mentioned about the four counselors. That, that wasn't me. But uh, but thank you for your kind words. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dean Tognarelli, name and address for the record. Hello. This is Dean Tognarelli, 95 North Street, Medford. Um, I just wanted to say a couple things. I really haven't been to the city council meetings, but in support of uh, everything that's going online, I wanted to say a couple of things. The one, I think that experience matters. I think that there is something to be said about uh, knowing the procedures and how they went on and having been in part of uh, successful budget meetings and gotten things through. So I think experience does matter. And in support of the four people that didn't show up for the budget meeting, um, I'd just like to say that doing what you think is right, even when it's unpopular or difficult, that means something too. So some people have voiced their opinion that they would not vote because they didn't like that the people didn't show up. Well, I'm one person that did think it's important and I, I appreciate that they did what was hard, even if, if they thought it would hurt them and it, they haven't lost my vote. So I just wanted to say that. And I thank you all for your hard work. Thank you, Dean. Let's see. Uh... Rachel, uh, Rachel H. I, I don't think you've gone yet. Leah Segbodi. Hi, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. My name is Rachel Holmes. I live at 13 Albion Street. Um, so a lot's been going on, um, but I just um, would like to ask the counselors to jointly consider the following questions when you have your meeting tomorrow to talk about the feasibility of hybrid or altering this Zoom meeting um, plan. So uh, these are the questions that I've thought about and don't necessarily have answers to after our discussion today. Um, and I don't think we can get to answers today. Um, I don't have faith that, uh, <laughs> that my questions will be answered clearly and concisely, so I just want to ask them. Um, the first question is, um, we've talked a lot about uh, having everybody uh, be eye to eye and see each other when having these discussions. And my first question is regarding how many people would that involve? How many people would be involved in such a discussion? Um, and how does that compare to the space available uh, that you have in City Hall or whatever kind of facility you might find for this? Um, I think I heard that all the city councilors need to join department heads, um, uh, other city employees, but I'm not sure of the rules on that. The next question that I have is, um, I hear the point about uh, governments can uh, can meet, can 
that the that the order does not apply to government bodies. I understand that that is possible, um, but I am curious uh, regarding the rules for non-government officials in those situations. It's understandable if uh, a, a group of government officials can have a meeting, but I don't think it's clear yet what that means for members of the public. If the goal of this is to have members of the public um, join in these discussions, I think that needs to be clarified before planning occurs. Um, the next thing is uh, regarding the venue again, which is how many citizens um, would be allowed to attend such a meeting if that's the if that's the point of these um, negotiations, uh, and then uh, how would those attendees be selected or chosen, or how would you be allowed to join that meeting or not uh, if there is such a process, or do people line up outside? How would that logistically work? Um, because I myself. Um, do not have a high risk situation and would plan to attend such a meeting in person. And I'd be very curious about that process. Um, and then the last question that I have is, um, once you consider all of those factors um, and all of the other factors I am not considering as not a public health official, just as a person doing math in their head and thinking about the space available and the goals that are at hand, um, would be how long would it actually take to come together with such a plan, with all of the logistics that would be involved and all of the coordination, do we have enough time to create such a plan that would be safe and accessible to those that need it? Um, and, and if that math doesn't work, I think we really need to move quickly and get back to the budget discussions. And that is all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. A lot of great questions you, ha questions you had. I have some of those same questions. And I think one of the biggest uh, most important pieces that you mentioned is time. Uh, we're at a point now where we are literally running out of time. So um, if we can't get answers to those questions and we don't feel confident that um, a hybrid type of meeting can occur, then you know it's my opinion that we would have to go with the current uh, system, which would be Zoom meetings, which uh, yeah, I know, I know they're not perfect, but you know we've been doing them now for three, four months. And uh, you know what, I mean, we've had probably more participation than ever before. Um, so um, like I said, they're not perfect, but um, you know, whatever solution we come up with, I promise Zoom will be a component of that solution. So um, it, you can rest assured of that, okay? Thank you. Uh, let's see, we have uh, Zach Gordon, name and address for the record, please. Yes, hi, I'm Zach Gordon, I'm at 82 Bristol Road in South Medford. Um, I don't want to dig too much into my personal opinions on uh, the matters of the best way to go forward with the meeting. I think a lot of my neighbors have brought up some very excellent points throughout the discussion. Uh, really, I just wanted to echo what people like, I believe, Sophie said, where, you know, this whole meeting could have been about the budget if there had been some statements put out ahead of time. I certainly appreciate that the counselors have families and lives of their own and I don't want to be an undue burden on that in the sake of transparency, but instead of answering 200 emails, you could put out a single statement. And I would encourage the counselors to make better and stronger use of the city website. Um, I've heard quite a few comments about how social media is not the right platform for some of these discussions. And I would just encourage you to increase transparency through putting out some of these communications on the city website. Okay. Thank you, Zach. Mr. Thank Point you. Of information, Mr. President. Point of information, Council of Peers. 
uh, just to your point, uh, my fellow Zach, there's some items on the agenda later in the agenda that I put on that would uh, address some how the council is communicating and engaging the public. So thanks for your comments. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the uh, the remark there, Zach, and uh, good name. But uh, I don't know if I missed it on the website, but I was having trouble finding this agenda. So again, just a point where the uh, city website could be a little fine-tuned. And I know that you've made some efforts to be very transparent on social media. And as a constituent, I certainly appreciate that. Yeah, if, if you go to the events calendar, you should be able to get a link. It wasn't posted in the upcoming meeting section this week okay. because our, okay. our website is, uh, it's, yeah. That's I know it's a work in progress. <laughs> Mr. President. Thank you, Zach. Uh, thank I'm you. Sorry. Did I hear, did I hear Council Scott Pelley? I'm sorry. Yes, thank you, Mr. President. Um, and Zach, thank you for, uh, your question and uh, your concerns. I, 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 whether you, whether you agree or disagree with me, that's 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 democracy. But this is my statement. This evening is where I held for my statement. So that's what I did. And, and if it's not a, not to your standard, that's okay too. Because you know what? Whatever we need to do to find a way to break the divide and get everybody back together, this is what I said. Like again. I've been saying this for weeks. Please be careful to our community because what we're hearing, what we're seeing was dividing us. So thank you very much. I appreciate it, Mr. President. Thank you, Council Scott Pelley. Let's see, we have, um, uh, let's see, Sanu Malik Lewis. Apologize if I didn't get that right. No problem, thank you. you give your name and address for the record. Sanu? Yes. Hi, can oh. you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Hi, yes. It's Malik Lewis from 25 Adams Street on the hillside. Thank you, President Falco, for thank you. taking my comment. Um, uh, thank you, President Falco, again, and thank you to all the council members for your time this evening. Um, I am a longtime resident here in Medford, and this is uh, probably my second or, or third meeting. Um, but I, I just wanted to raise my hand to weigh in um, just to say that, um, you know, I, I'm not normally involved. I'm here <laughs> working, uh, working from home and, and just um, trying to, to become a little bit more involved and to have a little bit more access to what's going on in city government. Um, so I just wanted to thank, thank you, President Falco, for organizing this meeting. Um, and to also just say that, you know, I, I'm really struck by the, the kind of level of, of participation that we're seeing um, over the last couple of, couple of days, couple of weeks um, in this process. And, and I personally think that that's something that should be encouraged. Um, you know, I, I obviously there's a lot going on in the world, but, but I think that, you know, as a, as a citizen, as an attorney, as a taxpayer, you know, as, 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 as neighbors, I think this is something that we should all be happy about, that we're, that we're here at, at the table to have this discussion. So I, I'm not here to comment on what may have happened in the past or any of the divisions, but I, I look forward to continuing to participate and, and to continuing to have this, this access um, because I think it's important for the community going forward. So thank you, President Falco, again for the time. Th thank you very much. Mr. President. Uh, let's see. That sounds like Councilor Marks. I just wanted to personally thank Malik for his comments, and uh, 
to me, a comment like that goes a long way in putting the divide down and moving forward. And I think that's what we all want right now. And I really appreciate those comments. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Tom Carmack. And thank you, Malik, for those comments as well. Uh, let's see. We have, um, is it Natalia Reddick? Name and address for the record, please. Hi, my name is Natalia Reddick, and I'm at 52 Canal Street. Um, I would like to continue on Malik's words and just um, pointing out something that I found very concerning um, was when Councillor Caraviello earlier, it kind of in a rush of words, said that he wasn't going to engage, I believe, until things were back to normal and that the people on this call are not um, like to be reasoned with, which I find very concerning because these are your constituents. And Mr. President, point of information. Council Marks, point of information. I, I, I think what Councilor Caviello said was he was going to wait till the, the uh, regular agenda when we get back to the regular agenda to participate. I won't speak for him. Right, but he also mentioned he's having problems with his. Right. Be clear. I just want that to be clear. You are correct, Councilor Marks. Thank you for clarifying. I appreciate the clarification for sure. I think I just want to state that like, this is the new normal um, and that we should all feel welcome in having a voice here on this platform. And that if like, just kind of recognizing that when um, you're shutting people down, especially women and interrupting people, it doesn't really re reflect well on our community. So that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Teresa, name and address of the record, please. Hi, it's actually uh, Mike Denton. I live at One Bellevue Terrace. Uh, I have a few things I'd like to note that uh, first, the amount of time that I've lived in Medford is irrelevant. Uh, second, I'd like to highlight that in, and, and I'm by no means uh, an expert in this area, but in social justice work, we are often reminded that it is important to own your impact rather than your intention, impact over intention always. And what has been absent from this meeting, I think from the four people who missed the meeting, the budget meetings, is any sense of ownership over the impact that you've had so I just wanted to put that out there as, as my observation. Uh, I would also like to say something uh, very uncomfortable, but I think that, because there have been a couple of mentions about how uh, way back at the start of the meeting, it was suggested that a part of the reason that this discussion over access to the meeting came about was because of a school committee meeting and how that, and the school committee meeting that was referenced, I'm assuming is the one where the vote was taken to change the name of the Columbus School. And what's really relevant about that is that that meeting happened at a time when in the country, more than ever before, black people's voices are being listened to, people of color are being listened to, and they are speaking up. And when there are calls to, that say, suddenly there's all of this discord, suddenly there's all of this divide, um, it's a little 
it comes across as a little tone deaf to say that suddenly when people of color are raising their voices to be heard and saying that they have had an experience where Medford hasn't always been a happy place for them and it hasn't always been good, calls to get back to the way things were before sound, uh, sound tone deaf and more importantly, they invalidate their experiences. So I just wanted to uh, mention that it would be really wise to give a little bit more consideration to the language that you're using and also to the voices that are at the table. I realize that's nothing to do with the budget, but at the same time, everything to do with the budget because context really, really matters. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Eileen Lerner, name and address for the record, please. My name, my name is Eileen Lerner, and I live at Nine Adams Circle in Medford. And I'd just like to say that I think this is the greatest demonstration of democracy that I've seen since I've been in Medford. Um, and I just want to say I'm really um, alarmed by some the missing um, counselors having uh, kind of alluding, creating innuendo that um, this group of people are trying to take over Medford and we're trying to, um, and we, we are creating this divide. And I just have to say, you guys, you have to understand the divide has always been here between white and people of color. The divide has always been here between men and women. I mean, the way you've treated Nicole this, this evening is disgraceful as far as I'm concerned, even though you have very beautiful eyes too, Adam. You know, it's just not right. It's just not right. And to say that we're creating the divide. No, we are recognizing the divide. And what we're doing is we're saying we have to do something about this divide. We want to bring people together. People have never been together. For you to say, oh, we've been together. Who has it been that you're talking about that's so happy? You know, since I came to Medford, I've, I've encountered uh, racism and anti-Semitism on a scale that just floored me. Fortunately, I was protected from it uh, in my previous uh, town, which I won't mention, but... Um, don't say that we're trying to divide people. We're trying to bring people together, but we want to address some of the systemic problems that have existed forever in Medford. Thank you. Let's see. Uh, Will Never, name and address for the record, please. William Navar, 108 Medford Street, apartment 1B. Um, President Falco, members of the council, I believe strongly in the politics of reason. I believe that most good policies that address root causes ultimately are agreeable to most people once we've addressed people's needs through discussion. You, know, you all know that I come before the council on a regular basis to suggest eliminating mandatory parking minimums and moving more of the tax burden onto land so as not to discourage development that would provide housing and jobs. I don't try to summon a massive crowd for that. I don't need to threaten anyone's job to make my points. I don't need to threaten to withhold votes or get others to do so. 
I worry that when we get to the point where a quorum of members is preventing a meeting happening, that feels like we're going away from the politics of reason, going into the politics of power. And I think the reaction, this mass showing of constituents, is really intended to show a show of force, a show of political power. And I ultimately worry that this harms our ability to discuss and deliberate and problem solve as a community going forward. I'm very happy to see all these participants and it makes me proud to be an American and proud to live in Medford. But what I hope is that this does not set a precedent that we show up as a show of power. I think that was necessary today, but I hope my fellow Zoom participants will keep showing up, not to threaten our counselors at the ballot box, but rather to put our heads together and solve the five emergencies that face the city of Medford. I've spoken before of a trifecta of emergencies that, that, that the city faces. I've said we face a housing, traffic, environmental emergency. I gotta now add two more. We face a racism emergency and a COVID-19 emergency. That makes five, five emergencies we face. Let's not add a dysfunctional city government to the mix. I hope that members and constituents help prevent that by making sure we primarily put our heads together and deliberate rather than try to exert power over one another. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Let's see. Uh, Kelly Kuna, I don't think you've gone yet. Let's see, a uh, name and address for the record, Kelly. Hi, my name is Kelly Cunha and I live at 20 Walter Street. Um, a lot of what I wanted to say has been said, so I'm not going to repeat, um, although I do want to elevate some of the voices I heard. And I just wanted to say that there's a lot of talk about um, certain groups and things calling discord. And I just, you know, want to really call attention to that. Some um, Just because somebody's experience has not matched your own lived experience does not invalidate it. And I think that that's a really important thing because I think um, people are calling People are trying to say this is like an us versus them, but in reality, um, we don't all have the same lived reality. And I think it's really important for the council people to really listen to all the perspectives. And when you're talking about a certain group of people trying to cause discord, I have been on this call for a couple hours and I have seen nothing but um, some, some tone policing by some of the council people. I've seen people trying to ask really respectfully worded questions, really genuine um, questions and being responded to in a in a way that you know this is my first city council meeting shame on me for that um but i promise i'll be back i cannot believe how people are speaking to the constituents it's actually it's it, i'm literally this is like reality tv to me um so i just wanted to say that we need to really think about how we speak to people listen to the experiences even if it's not your own lived experience and also really you know let's educate ourselves about how, you know, if you're not sure about something, maybe talk to those people instead of talking about them on a, on a call like this. Um, I, I've, I've found people are really open to these discussions right now. So educate yourselves and um, thank you very much. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, let's see, we have, um, is it Ari Freitag? Oops. Ari, name and address for the record, please. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Ari Fertig, Medford Street, Apartment 3 in Medford. Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, to pipe up to say it's now 1023 at night, and I uh, love my community so much right now. I've lived in Medford since 2012, although, as somebody else said, that that shouldn't matter. Uh, so many people are coming forward to make their voice heard. Here we are. It's 10, almost 1030, and there's still, I think, over 200 and... Uh, 20 people uh, on this Zoom. That is in really incredible. And in the interest of unity, I want to get at what, uh, a few points that it sounds like we all agree on. It sounds like we all agree that we want the city council meetings to be as accessible as possible for everyone and as many people as possible. We all want to pass a budget as quickly as possible. We all want to do right by the whole community. But I want to echo the person who said that the four city councillors need to consider their impact of their actions over their intent um, and want to build on that point. I have no doubt that their intentions are good from their perspective, but the impact of their actions were that hundreds of their fellow citizens were waiting for them to show up, but they did not show up without a statement. Uh, the impact was that it delayed the budget process that we all want to pass, uh, and now we're up against a harder deadline. The impact of that was that uh, one person said that tonight was his statement, but that absence let others draw their own conclusions, which added to the divisiveness that he himself uh, railed against. So finally, I just wanna echo also what I think it was Sophie Rick said, uh, it is up to the city council to be responsible and follow public health guidance. Uh, and to say, you know, when somebody uh, wants to have a meeting in person, you, uh, especially if it's gonna be over 10 people, that, that doesn't follow public health, uh, uh, the best, best public health uh, practices. Uh, there's been so many points uh, that, that have been made that I agree with that I can't get to them all, but, it is, but I think it is for public officials to do what is in the best interest of the public health and the community as a whole, and that's what I haven't seen from those four city councillors, and I just wanted to let, that, let people know that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Giles Hall, name and address for the record, please. Um, hi, um, my name is Giles Hall. I live at 13 Albion Street in Metro. And um, <clears throat> I want to thank um, all the counselors and everybody else who has participated in this meeting tonight. Um, um, and I, I think that uh, what I really just wanted to comment about was um, that I that I believe, um, I understand this meeting is recorded and that it, it, since it, since Zoom seems to be something that's going to be in our future, that it may um, benefit the conversation for the counselors to go back and look at this recording and consider things like, you know, did, did they, how much time did you spend speaking uh, versus whether you just listened? And, you know, who, who whether you interrupted people first, quite honestly, whether you interrupted people and also, if there was a gender bias to those interruptions, um, it's it it, it it all it all matters. It all matters, and I I just I'm thoughtful that what I'm hearing a lot about is you know I I know that it has to be a hard job being a city councilor, but at the same time I'm hearing a lot about personal stories of their experiences in a way that it's just not connecting in my mind with what's going on right now. And so I'm just, I'm thoughtful that there's a lot of subtext and informative lessons in this meeting that are worth going over and thinking about 
how the person might have felt on the other side of what might have been said. And hopefully that can be a, a path towards having more productive Zoom meetings going forward. Um, and to the gentleman who, um, uh, who spoke, who uh, the, he's mentioned that his parents have COVID, I, I really hope uh, you know, for you and your family that, that, that uh, you have a safe recovery. And I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. And, um, and thank you very much for this opportunity to speak. Thank you, Giles. Okay, we got. Uh, Nadine Moretti, name and address for the record, please. Hi, President Falco. Thank you for letting me speak. Um, my name is Nadine Moretti, and I live at 126 Burgett Ave. Um, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, okay. I, I Sorry, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I had a little trouble for a minute. Um, I just want to say, I mean, this has been three and a half hours I signed on, as we all have. So thank you, everybody, for all this time. I think that this meeting has been extremely uncomfortable. I mean, the hostility is palpable. Um, I've listened to what everybody said. It's been a lot of, you know, reiterating the same points because a lot of people have the same feelings, and that's definitely understood. Um, I voted for the four counselors who chose to, you know, not show up for the reasons that they, they spoke of. And I, I had no problem with that. I fully supported why they were doing it. I don't think they're trying to put anybody in danger. This COVID-19 is unprecedented and we've all been stuck in the house and everything has changed. Um, I've had an ill parent that we've had to keep isolated the whole time. And that has been really difficult. I think Zoom is half and half. It's effective and ineffective. It's ineffective for many, many ways. Um, and I'm never comfortable public speaking and on here. I'm so uncomfortable, but I figured I had to speak. Um, I just think it's disheartening to see the way people have spoken to the counselors, about the counselors um, on both sides, uh, the four and then the other three. I just think it's been it's been a travesty. I think it's been really upsetting and I don't really have much else to say other than that. I, I thank everybody for their work. I think that the four counselors are not trying to not do their jobs and they deserve their jobs. Um, I think that speaking, I guess since we're speaking about the police, I fully support the police because they protect us. And if my husband or my brother or my father was a policeman and put their job on the line every day, I would not wanna see anything taken away from them in that in that manner i just can't understand that the police being taken out of the schools and i didn't even want to touch on this um i, I i've been to a couple of council meetings in person and they've been great i don't think that it would have been this hostile if we were in person i could be wrong but um i mean i i think that everybody deserves to speak and they did but i i think that the hostility has just been it's been so it's just been upsetting. And I just hope that it doesn't continue, especially in the city, because it's completely out of hand. So um, President Falco and all the counselors, thank you for your time sitting here for what will be four and a half, five hours of your night away from your families. And, um, you know, thank you for your patience, you guys and, and women all conduct yourselves pretty well. And um, again, I still stand behind my counselors that I voted for. So I just want them to know that. And thank you so much. Thank you, Nadine. You're very welcome. Let's see, we have uh, John DeRazio. Name and address for the record, John DeRazio. 
John, hang on, you're muted. Okay. Thanks, President Falco. Um, John Dorazio, 10 Headland Way. Um, you know, I just wanted to echo some of what Nadine was saying. I'm extremely proud of the council tonight. I mean, we're 1030 at night. You guys will definitely bit off more than you uh, bargained for in terms of where we're at with COVID and having to deal with that. And I think, you know, communication is key. I think one of the counselors said earlier on, there might have been some communication around, you know, what you could do virtual versus non-virtual, et cetera. I can understand that. Um, I think it's important to have a setting where you do um, have non-virtual maybe for the council, but then also certainly Zoom is very effective. Although I will say 250 people, I think people have been talking about that. That's really a small percentage of the city of Medford. So I don't know that we've kind of even scraped the surface. Um, I did vote for most of the council. I would say I did vote for the four folks that are uh, that, that um, abstained from the budget meetings. And while it created a bit of controversy, I think in their minds, they had an idea. They shared those. I think people do need to step up their respect game for the council in terms of they donate a lot of time to the city. Um, it's, it's not a wealthy position, I don't think. So, um, you know, in terms of income. So I think, they do it out of the goodness of the city. And I think people, when they, when they have complaints, need to do it in a respectful way. Um, I did hear some rhetoric that probably wasn't appropriate, but given the times we have, I will say I attended the racial um, uh, equality meetings that we had as part of the city that the mayor held. And, and I was extremely proud of the city um, as part of that Zoom conference. I think it was, it showed a lot about the diversity of Medford. People had a lot of good ideas. Um, you know, tonight's meeting kind of probably set us back a little bit with some attitudes, but um, I'm proud of you guys, you know, John, George, uh, Councilor Marks, um, you know, I think you guys represent the city well, uh, you know, uh, Councilor Knight, and I understand, you know, why you took the stance you did. It did create a bit of controversy, but I think we'll, we'll work through it and you guys will get the budget in on time. So I appreciate all your efforts. Thank you, John. Yeah. Paul Rousseau, name and address for the record, please. Thank you, Paul Rousseau, 22 Orchard Street, Medford, Massachusetts. Um, I'm on the Medford School Committee. Um, I'd first like to speak as a father. Um, I don't appreciate the dismissive tone, the threats that I and other school committee members have received over the last 10 days, um, not to mention the threat to the Columbus School itself. The level of vitriol from some members of our community border on inciting violence. And that includes some comments from people that are on this Zoom meeting right now. Words matter. They are the weapons of a civilized society. Um, and I suggest we keep them to words and not actually requiring the police to be visiting my home several times a day, which they do now, as they do to all the homes of the school committee members. Um, finally, as a father, I don't appreciate that these threats have forced me to have to have some uncomfortable conversations with my children and my husband. I also, as a Medford resident for 15 years, not that it matters, I agree. Um, I've never really even locked my front door. Now my doors are locked at all times. Uh, and I just want to say that is the Medford that I think I actually live in, not the one that I thought I lived in. So now I'm going to speak quickly as a school committee member. And I have a few thoughts about what I've heard here tonight. I find it, first of all, I just want to find it amusing that anybody thinks a three and a half hour meeting is even remotely long. School committee meetings are eight hours on a regular basis. So I just kind of giggle at that. So I'm 
kind of light. Um, but anyways, when I took office, I had heard from several members um, of the council, the school committee shouldn't pee in the city council's pool and we shouldn't pee in yours. And I fully support that. I agree, both bodies have enough work to do without also trying to be involved in each other's work. If you look at the budgets for the last decade, you'll see an org chart. The mayor, the city council, and the school committee are all on the same level. We don't report to each other. So why am I speaking then at a city council meeting? Because I've heard several times tonight about the school committee meeting from, from counselors, either directly or indirectly. So here's what I have to say on some of those comments. The school committee does not have taxation authority or the ability to decide how much money we are given. That is the job of the city council and the mayor. So when you talk about the layoffs in the school department, I take offense and disagree. Point of information, Mr. President. Point of information, Councilor Marks. Uh, just to, for the edification of the gentleman, the city council does not decide the money that's given to the school committee. Uh, just, just to, uh, you know, if we're going to talk facts, let's okay. talk facts. Thank you. So um, I won't respond to that. Um, because there is none, Paul. That's right. You don't have to approve our budget. That's right. right. You don't no, approve no, that's not what you said, Paul. Let's get the facts what you're saying, Paul. Facts matter, Paul. You can't just speak oh, and not I'm be told. You one at a time. Councilor Mark says the floor. Councilor Mark says the floor. M Mr. President, facts speak for themselves, Mr. President. You can't accept that that is not the process, Mr. President. And he's been saying a lot of things that aren't processed over the last couple of weeks. He should know what the process is, Mr. President. You are correct. I take offense and disagree that we are laying anyone off. The city is laying staff off. Literally every school committee member, and I would suggest everyone that's ever served, would add dozens of personnel every year. So pinning this on the school committee is unacceptable in my opinion. Next, I would like to discuss the renaming of the Columbus School directly and the assertion that this has divided this community. I greatly appreciate the quote. Anytime anyone says, we've never been to more divided about a country that was legally segregated with, within many of its current citizens' lifetimes. Yeah. I, I yeah. guess at least they're making it clear who their we is. Medford was redlining not very long ago. The boundaries of neighborhoods were carefully drawn to make sure as few black kids as possible would go to school with white kids. And that is not before I was born. Medford has not been united, never has been, and I, I think that using that Medford as, as this united thing, it, it's just, it's crap, frankly. Pardon my language. I also want to say that I look forward to responding to any open meeting law violations that are filed against me. I have attended open meeting law trainings three years in a row as a school committee member during the school committee association's trainings. And I'm pretty confident on my interpretation. If you ask my colleagues on the school committee, they will all tell you that I'm obsessed with the open meeting law and following the process. I've received a call today from a senior member asking me a question about open meeting law. To have this body say anything about transparency when it was normal, if not on every meeting, if, if it was normal, if not on every meeting for up to 75 years, according to one of the members during their debate on this, that they would just add items to the agenda when they showed up, both in violation of the open meeting law and 
the opposite of transparency and access that I've heard a few things uh, heard about tonight. So you just show up, add stuff to the agenda, talk about it, and the public hasn't got a clue. After I filed my open meeting law violation, this body had a meeting to discuss the fact that the city solicitor had agreed that you all cannot do that. And finally, apparently after 75 years, you don't just add stuff to the agenda when you walk in the room or show up to your meetings. I recommend that folks go back and look at that meeting. It was earlier this year. There were some members that were shocked, utterly shocked and had intense disagreement that this, was an, that this opinion from the city solicitor was accurate. So I will not accept any critiques on transparency, access, or process from this body. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Oh. Council Knight, yeah. I'd like to speak. Oh, I'm sorry, Council Knight. Uh, Mr. President, I'm gonna have to excuse myself for about 10 or 15 minutes because I gotta put my kids to bed at this point in time. Um, so I will be back, but I'm not going to be around for the next 10 minutes, um, okay. just so I can take care of this. That's all right. Thank you for notifying I, us. I, I apologize, but, um, duty calls. Thank you for notifying us. Uh, Jack, Jacqueline Furtado, name and address for the record. Actually, I'm sorry. You don't have your hand up. I apologize. Uh, Paul Camuso, name and address for the record. Thank you, President Falco. Um, I know it's been a long evening uh, for all. Oh, Paul Camuso, 114 Lincoln Road uh, here in Medford. Um, but uh, thank you for um, calling on me, Mr. F uh, President Falco. Um, I speak from my experience as a member of the school committee and as, um, as a city councilor um, for about 16 years here in our community, you know. Um, first of all, the uh, budget that we received, I wanna thank the mayor. Uh, read it online and um, it's got a lot of information. A totally, total, uh, overhaul of budgets of years past. And, um, and and I'm glad that it was presented in the format that it was. I think it's uh, great collaboration from all the department heads. Um, the narratives were great and the charts and things of that nature. Um, but uh, as far as the, uh, the the discussion that's going on um, regarding meeting, meeting in Zoom and meeting um, uh, in the council chambers, I absolutely understand uh, that there is a lot of value in meeting at the council chambers. You know, um, yeah, when you have to look people in the eye um, on uh, tough debates and things of that nature. And quite honestly, um, after watching uh, this meeting and uh, some other meetings that are on Zoom, uh, the decorum, the Robert's Rules of Order are in place for a reason. And it's a lot easier to uh, keep an orderly meeting, uh, I think, if you're at a uh, public meeting rather than on Zoom, um, just because the technology uh, is a little bit different. Um, but um, like I said, I do not envy any of you guys uh, during this COVID time. This city has stepped up amazingly. Uh, the city council, the mayor's office, the school department, everybody to, um, to meet the needs of the, uh, of the people in our community with this COVID-19. It's unprecedented, as we all know, you know. And um, I, I just, uh, I think that somewhere along the line, and, and, and I really got to credit um, the, the entire council tonight for the motion that was made. I, I believe it's basically for like a mediation with the mayor. I don't know if that's the correct word to use, um, but Marianne O'Connor, who I've uh, had the privilege of knowing over the years, she is a consummate professional and, um, and, and as well as the members of the school committee, the council and the mayor's office. If, if there's a way to do a hybrid model, I think it would be the best. Um, just because of the fact, like you said, people, uh, people can have both, both uh, you can come down there if your health allows you to, 
and uh, you can also participate on Zoom. The one good thing that I am uh, encouraged by this evening is the participation. Um, but uh, the name calling and stuff that was allowed to happen tonight uh, on all sides of this issue, it, it, it's, it's not Medford that we can be proud of, to be quite frank. We should all be working together to move Medford forward uh, in, in a way that we all love Medford. Whether you've been here for 100 years or you've been here for 100 days, it doesn't matter. You moved here because you like something in this community. And it can always be better. It can always be better. Um, I suggest, like I said, I, I hope tomorrow, uh, Vice President Carviello, President Falco, uh, with the mayor and, and other people can sit down and let uh, cooler heads prevail. One thing that has been frustrating uh, on Zoom, just when I've watched it, uh, is sometimes uh, they have to call the roll three, four, five times to find out how people are voting and stuff. Uh, the technology uh, is is iffy. Um, I understand. Um, I understand that it's a good tool, but at the same token, it's uh, it's something that can, um, whether it's a, a slow internet connection on a specific night or something, um, it does does can get challenging, you know. But uh, for our community, for the Medford that we all love, let cooler heads prevail, and uh, let's get the budget and and, and do it. Uh, do it the right way. And, and I just would like to, uh, hopefully it's a hybrid if we can do it in a safe manner. And uh, as far as both sides of the issue, I understand. I understand both sides of the issue, but I cannot state loud enough the value of having a meeting with people uh, once it's safe to do so. So uh, I would encourage, uh, would, would, would strongly encourage you guys to, uh, to try to do some sort of hybrid model because this might be another year before we're out of the woods with COVID, you know? Uh, this is uh, the numbers are going up and down as we see all over the country right now. We don't know where we're going to be. Um, the city has done a tremendous job um, getting the um, uh, the PPE out there and things of that nature, working with the uh, partners in federal and state government. But we don't know where we're going down the road. So uh, uh, people's individual needs can be met. And I've always been a big uh, person for meeting the individual needs of constituents, as, as we all are uh, when we're elected uh, officials. But uh, if we have both, I think it would be the best because uh, I think the decorum, most importantly, would be brought back to a, a place that we can all be proud of in a setting uh, more less virtual, but also virtual for the people that do have health needs that uh, may need it. So uh, that's all I have tonight. And once again, just uh, good luck with this budget. Budget time is never easy. Uh, back in early 2000, I was around when there was um, the serious budget crisis when uh, you were on the school committee council of Falco and uh, we worked together and we did some unique things to make sure that uh, we mitigated some of the um, some of the funds that weren't there and uh, we did that by working together we didn't do that by the school committee and the council not seeing eye to eye we did that by working together and uh, we were able to put out a product that was good and uh, so that's all I miss all you guys and have a good night good to see you Paul thank you very much have a good night Okay, let's see. Uh, Rick Orlando has his hand up. Rick Orlando, name and address for the record, please. <clears throat> Rick, Rick Orlando, 13 Winford Way. Um, some of you know me, probably most of you don't. Um, over the years, I've had and time in Medford, as someone said, is irrelevant. Uh, everybody that comes to the city that I've met enjoys being here, and that's my experience. I'm not disputing that other people have had other experiences. Uh, going back a number of years, and why I'm speaking is not so much about the meeting method or, uh, you know, that's for you folks to figure out and so on. But what disheartens me is there seems to be a theme of Medford has always been 
a divided place. Um, I feel badly for what I heard Mr. Rousseau say about how he doesn't feel safe in his home, and I hope that that nobody should feel like that. And I, I feel badly about that. Um, but having had the experience of growing up here, I moved out for a little while, and having had the unique experience and pleasure of working on the new schools project back, they're no longer new schools, back about 15 or 20 years ago now, one of the... Uh, I had the opportunity to meet thousands and thousands of people, probably as many as the counselors, uh, just because of the nature of the work we did. And that experience I had with those people, just it, it, it fueled the committee's work on the schools because the unity in the people for common cause, improving their family's life and having good experiences in Medford was, was just so rewarding to listen to. And I, my experience, yes, it's my past experience, but I trust my instincts. And when I meet people in the city, whether they're here as a new resident, I get and I enjoy learning about them, their parents that might've been here, that uh, lived in Medford years ago, and even their kids. So I meet the grandparents, the parents, the kids, and I'm constantly making new friendships, regardless of whether it's an old friend that I went to kindergarten with, or whether it's a person that just moved two blocks away from me a year ago. Uh, and so I won't go on much longer, but my experience, and I think it's experience for a lot of people in Medford, is that it's not a terrible place to live. There have been a lot of good experiences, some amazing relationships, some amazing people that do outstanding work for their community. And I, I just wish that people would take that into consideration when we hear some of the concerns people have on things we need to improve. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. The, uh, Michelle Scott, name and address for the record, please. Uh, good evening, my name is Michelle Scott. I live at 28 Essex Street in Ward 6. Um, hopefully you can hear me. I would like to thank uh, you, Council President Falco and all the counselors tonight uh, for your time and for listening to people's input. Um, I just want to say that whatever format is ultimately decided for the budget hearings going forward, I hope there will be a quick prompt and thorough documentation of whatever protocols will be followed so individuals in the city can have, you know, have the information they need to make the choice about what level of participation will work for them. I still have a lot of concerns about attending in-person meetings, um, things about information about resources, masks, sanitation, cleaning procedures, separation, um, and also any way that the comments from people that may be participating virtually will be balanced in terms of time and sequence with the people participating in the room would all be really important to me. And I hope that all um, members of the council, and I will communicate this to the mayor as well, will be attentive to um, all input offered through other means, be it email, um, phone calls that may take place outside of those hearings. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Mr. President, if I can. Councilman Scott Pelley. Uh, thank you. And I appreciate your comments, Michelle. Um, what I'd like to do is, is make it uh, known that I'm actively securing a uh, disinfected and cleaning company that works directly with COVID to work with ever format if we do decide to be in a location that's live, that they will uh, disinfect before and after. They will probably provide PPE 
for any participant that needs it and uh, at no cost to the city. So I just want you to know if th it does happen that I've already made some, um, some uh, moves to try to make sure those concerns are, are covered. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Scarpelli. Okay, we have, uh, let's see. Diane Sullivan, name and address for the record, please. Hi. I'm still muted. I'm muted. No, we can hear you. We can oh, hear you. Okay, all right, I'm sorry. It told me that I was still muted. Thank you so much. Um, President Falco, I'm oh, sorry, Diane Sullivan, Jerome Street, uh, West Medford, The Ville. Um, President Falco, I want to thank you for your leadership um, through Great. this very tense um, evening. Um, I want to thank all the council members um, for, uh, for those who are here um, sticking it out, you know, hearing from the community. Um, and I particularly want to thank the community for showing up um, this evening. Um, and to those particularly who have had the courage to speak before me, um, I've testified before Congress um, just before uh, COVID, and I'm feeling a similar tension um, and anxiousness uh, that I did going, uh, you know, to speak before Ayanna Presley and her peers. Um, and so, um, again, I just want to acknowledge um, the courage, the, uh, the, those who have come to really speak their truth to power, um, and just acknowledge what it takes to show up um, in this space, whether it's on Zoom, when, when we're in proximity of power, it can be a very intimidating experience. Um, so I applaud those um, who have uh, joined us to share here tonight. Um, I have been a racial and social justice advocate um, for a good 20 years now, and that was born out of my own family's experience with poverty and homelessness and hunger. Um, I have very much, uh, and, and I had to really think last year in 2019, why I haven't engaged on a local level. And that's, I'll tell you why, it's because I share my own experience and I know how people judge. Um, so I've taken my story to the state and the national level, and I'd like to think, and in fact, I can document the impact um, that those like myself with the lived experience, when again, when we're put in proximity to those in power, um, the very positive impacts that we can have um, that not only impact our own lives directly, but in impact our entire community. Um, so I just want to name that. Um, and I want to actually uh, uplift something um, that Miss Eileen um, noted. And, you know, naming these things um, and naming what's happening is not creating the divisiveness. Um, what I hope our council hears from us this evening from the community is a call for transparency, a call um, to really um, just keep us engaged, keep us involved. And to do that in a meaningful way, it takes trust. And, you know, again, I've been at this for a long time and I've been, you know, in, in situations where I have facilitated discussions where, you know, a, a room full of 400 people and half the room are shelter providers often looked at as, um, you know, extensions of the arms of government, the police, you know, at the door trying to keep families out and 200 families in the room who right in that moment are experiencing homelessness. And together, despite the tension, um, despite the disagreements on how we might approach policy, we've been able to come to solutions and have impact um, across the state. And, and um, unfortunately, maybe not so much right here in Medford, I wish that we could take advantage of uh, more state resources. 
uh, to address our, our affordable housing crisis. And I think that when we get down to it, you know, it feels like for a lot of us, a line has been drawn in the sand. So let's just name that. Um, I will name how long I've lived in this community, um, 15 years. I agree that it doesn't matter if you moved, if you became my neighbor tomorrow, I will welcome you. Um, and, and I trust that my neighbors here in West Medford do the same because that's just how we do. Um, and so, and there's something uh, certainly to be said and to be learned um, from that. But I've been here for 15 years and I'll tell you, I've been engaging a lot more locally. And again, this was not, this came pre-COVID when I identified there are issues here in my community that have impacted me that I need to, I need to address and speak up on and find that courage to have this conversation with you all. And so as I think about how we move forward, it really takes this transparency. You all are going to be held accountable. Um, how that makes you feel, um, I get it. You know, uh, we all make mistakes. It took, I marked the time, it wasn't until I believe 9.35, two hours and 35 minutes into this meeting before, and I, I just wanna quote uh, Counselor Knight um, appropriately, uh, sorry, uh, looking through my notes here, but it wasn't until then that I didn't hear an apology um, for what I feel was the divisiveness that was created, um, but it took two hours and 35 minutes um, for the community to hear even acknowledgement that the council could have done it better. Um, and so I'm here to say, you know, as a community member, I'm looking at the takeaways, you know, for the first time living in this community where I have felt so safe and welcomed, I don't. Um, and again, having experienced poverty, I'll tell you one thing, uh, a lot of us, you know, I'm seeing white allies here, which is fantastic, but you know, we have, and, and if we're feeling uncomfortable with all of our privilege intact, we're feeling anxious, um, we have to acknowledge how particularly our young black leaders um, who definitely are showing up um, and how do we create the space for, the, for, for them to feel comfortable to come and present their issues in a way that they feel is meaningful and is not just heard, but is then digested and acted upon. Um, so again, I'm trained, I'm optimistic, and I know campaigns take time, and I know that it has taken so long for us to be able to name these issues and to say and to own them. And we all need to own it because, and you know what, I'm gonna land on this. If how we emerge from this pandemic has always been on my mind from when we first hit it, because I think as we all know, it has revealed the inequities that have lived that have lived here, uh, with a one in you know a ten percent poverty rate. Let's name these things, and if at the end of the day um, we you know because I too trust my instincts and I've got skin in this game and I, I've been doing this for a long time, um, and if we're not listening and engaging the community um, on the level, and and I'll tell you, and if the community stops showing up, um, then all of this for nothing. Um, all of this to say we called a few folks out on their wrongdoing. I'm telling you, uh, we have to be calling ourselves out and looking at ourselves in the mirror and saying, now this time is different. We own this and we're all showing up and we're going to continue to show up and support the leaders who emerge from, from these times of tension like this. So again, I'll rest there, um, but I, I encourage us all to take a look in the mirror um, and I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation. And again, I'm thankful to all of you for hanging in there tonight. I'm encouraged um, and, and I look forward to working um, even with those with whom I'm just going to disagree politically on a lot of issues. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Mr. Uh, Council President, 
Yes, Consul Scarpelli. If I can, Diane, thank you very much. And and again, that's if that's what takes to heal, I apologize to all of the community if I offended them in any way by uh, by the actions we had. So again, but I hope you understand there was no ill intent, there was no ill will, but I understand the reasons why people that did speak tonight have expressed that. So thank you for uh, coming forward tonight. I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's see, we have... Uh, Gia, name and address for the record, please, Gia. Can you hear me right now? Uh, yes, we can. Cool. Um, Giovanna Paolini Farini, <clears throat> 76 Ashland Street. Um, I just wanted to, um, I wanted to thank everybody here. Let me see if I can turn my video on real quick. Um, i the zoom to be honest, but okay, cool. Okay, okay. Um, I wanted to thank all of um, the council members uh, for being here tonight. And um, more importantly, I wanted to thank all the community for coming out. I wanted to thank everyone for staying out this late. Um, you know, I think it's really, um, you know, it's important to be active. Um, I've been wanting to come to, uh, to council meetings for a while now. And, um, you know, with recent things going on, I think it kind of hit a tipping point. Um, I just wanted to kind of echo what I heard earlier about, um, you know, a lot of hearing a lot of, um, kind of hearing a lot of dismissiveness from a lot of the council and some of people's experiences. Um, because I think things like that make it difficult to, uh, for people who are new um, to, who want to get involved to, um, to really participate. I think things like that make it intimidating. You know, um, I feel like there were constant interruptions. Um, you know, they're even mocking at a few points. Um, but, um, you know, like, I think it's, it's valid for people to, you know, talk about their experiences and, you know, point out that Medford, you know, isn't united. There's, there were a lot of people who were saying, you know, we're, you're pulling us apart right now, but, you know, it hasn't really always been that way. I've been, harassed on the street plenty of times before I've been physically threatened and um, and you know I'm not even one of the most at-risk types of communities um, right now um, but yeah I think that was most of what I point, wanted to point out I, I hope to in the future see a more um, I hope to hear I hope to see more um, open ears in the future Great. thank you very much Thank you. Thank you. Up next is Gina Zhou. Jean. Gina Zhou, name and address for the record, please. Okay, uh, maybe Jean stepped away for a minute, so we'll uh, we'll find someone else. Um, Jake Lee, name and address for the record, please. Hi, Jake Lee, eighty-three Damon Road. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Sorry, um, I, I uh, 
comment is for uh, the school committee uh, member, Jake. I, uh, oh, I'm sorry, his name is Paul Rusco, I believe his name was. Uh, so, but um, we're really not talking about the school committee tonight, or no, no, I, no I know, but he had a, he had a few he had a few good points. But oh, okay. my, my point uh, with, with that is um, should should he uh, he needs to be a little professional. I mean, he need, he needs to make his bed. I think his bed's unmade. Okay, excuse me, sir. Please keep it professional. I am. I'm just. I'm trying to look at the 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 thing here, and he's his bed is unmade. Is, is there anything you want to add, sir? Okay. Next. Uh, let's see. Here we got Ginozo. You. Uh, Ginozo? Mr. President, is she unmuted? Yeah, she's unmuted. So I, I um, I'll come back to her. I know there was uh, one other person. I think, um, I think it's Buck. Here we go. Buck, name and address for the record, please. Um, yes, 101 Fells Ave. My name is Brian Buck. I use he, him, his pronouns. Um, I just wanted to reach out. I think I won the award of being the last one. Um, so just wanted to say that to Mr. Scarapelli, I really apologize that there were threats like that sent to you. Um, it's completely inappropriate. And also wanted to just say that in, in taking in the meeting tonight, this is my first meeting that I've sat all the way through. Um, I think there's been a lot in terms of tone that I'm not sure the counselors are realizing is impacting community, is impacting the divide. Um, and it's really hard not to, but I would ask for, for slightly more professionalism for, and for people to reflect on that. Um, I also had just one of two questions. If counselors could address it very quickly, that'd be great for me. One would be our budget is an area where we see a lot of, um, let's say, unconscious bias come out. Right, like a lot of decisions are going to be made about where to spend money, and a lot of unconscious bias comes out in that way, where things we might not even be aware of impacting us. So I'm curious, what if any work any of the councils have done in terms of anti-racism work or recognizing unconscious bias over the last month? Um, and I'm also curious if any of them want to just say something nice about someone. It feels like three against four for whatever reason. Um, and I just want to know if any of them wanted to say something nice about someone on the other side. Oh, I don't mind. I don't mind Council Falco. <laughs> if I may, first of all, thank you for staying in the meeting as long as you have. I want to thank everyone that stayed the whole time. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I, I've worked with a number, everyone in the city council for a number of years. And uh, Zach and Nicole, um, you know, I've worked for the, with, with them the past few months. But, you know, I really feel like, and I, I mean this when I say this, this has been a trying time and a trying week, but, you know, I feel, you know, that we pretty much do all get along. I mean, we differ on issues and, uh, you know, and that, that's, you know, I mean, we agree to, I always like to say, you know, at some point, sometimes we agree to disagree, but I think we're all, um, you know, working towards, you know, trying to move method forward in the right direction. I, I, we all have different ways of doing that. We all have different opinions, but. I got you. All right. Thank you. But um, but I genuinely do enjoy working with everyone on the city council. 
uh, you know, it, it, so if, if I may, that's, I just wanted to add that in. So, uh, Councilman, I do Yes. Mr. President, I, I, I can't see anybody because I'm on the phone. Uh, okay. So if you could call me at your convenience. Vice President Caviello. Thank you, Mr. President. And again, you know, I hold, uh, uh, I enjoy working with all my colleagues. I hold no ill will uh, to anyone on the council. Again, listen, we, we could all agree to disagree on things. But again, we, we don't have to uh, have any animosity toward uh, each other. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's a council meeting. And, and when it's over, we're back to being friends again, and and this uh, and this situation has put a strain on uh, on some friendships that we have uh, amongst the councils. And, and I actually I feel bad about that, and I hope this is resolved so we can uh, we can go back uh, to where we were before. Thank you, Councilor Caviello. We have Councilor Knight and Councilor Morell. Councilor Knight, um, Mr. President, I'll be the first to say business is business. There's nothing personal about this at all. This is business. Um, you know, it's about advocating for what we think is right. And I would never, ever, ever pass judgment upon any one of my counselors for doing the same. Um, I think it's important to point out, as Councilor Falco said, you know, John, how, how long do we go back? You were my basketball coach at St. Francis when I played CYO when I was in the 10th grade. You know, I've known you a long time, um, you know, and we've had uh, plenty of disagreements from that day forward. And we've always been able to get past it. It has never been personal. Um, you know, and I think that that's what's getting lost in translation here as well, Mr. President. Um, there's a narrative that's going on, but there's also a reality that's going on. And the reality is that, you know, there's not really much infighting going on between this group. There was a disagreement about a process and a procedure. That was it. That doesn't mean that tomorrow we're not going to go back to work and do the things that we're supposed to do. Um, people tend to disagree all the time. And that's okay. It's healthy. I, I mean, I never met two people that ever agreed on everything all the time. And I certainly never met anybody that's right all the time, and that goes for me too. Um, but what, what I am saying, Mr. President, and I think it's important to point out, is there was nothing ever anything personal about this discussion in this situation. It was a matter of a principle and a procedural defect that people felt existed. And we did what we, think, we thought was right, and we've come up with a solution to that. Um, you know, I think that you know, for the last four and hours and nine minutes, um, we, we've sat here and we've listened. Um, to, to the community. Um, some of the stuff had more to do with other issues and a little bit less to do about a budget schedule and when we're going to schedule it and how we're going to schedule it. And that's okay. Um, but I think that it's time that we move on past the issue, Mr. President, because I think that all the members of the council are all in agreement that we have a, you know, plan of action to take. And once the, that process is exhausted, then, you know, we'll be right back to work again. And um, it's not going to be any beef or any sweat off anybody's back. Um, you know, we're here today at the regular council meeting to take care of the business, and we'll continue to do that. This isn't a personal dispute between anybody on the council. It was something that was a disagreement about policy, and um, that's going to happen from time to time. Um, but, you know, the narrative that, you know, we're all fighting and we can't get along and this and that isn't the truth. That, that, isn't, that, that isn't factual. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, um, when this budget season closes and when this legislative session closes, this council is going to put out a lot of good work product and, uh, you know, constituents here in the community and the residents in this community are going to have something to be proud of. Um, and I'm proud to serve with each and every one of you. And um, I hold no hostilities or animosity towards any, any of you um, for making the decisions that you make for what you feel are in the best interest of the community. Um, so with that being said, I think uh, it says B. Buck. I missed your first name when I was writing it down. I apologize. But sorry, it's, sorry, it's, it's Brian. And Brian, Brian, I thank Brian for uh, giving the opportunity to kind of let this thing come full circle. You know what I mean? 
um, to, to speak on this issue so that we can get down to the regular order of business. Because here we are at 11.11. I'm sitting outside my kid's bedroom right now on Zoom, and they're yelling at me every 30 seconds playing music. Um, so with that being said, um, you know, we have a plan of action. We've explained ourselves, and I think it's time for us to move on. Thank you, Carl. Uh, we have a couple, I think, two more people that want to speak. We also have uh, Councilor Morrell that would like to speak. Councilor Morrell. Thank you, Mr. President. I just wanted to address the first uh, question. I mean, it's endless work as far as an, an ongoing work as far as bias and anti-racism. Um, so, I mean, I, I've got books on the bookshelf. You know, I've got uh, The New Jim Crow. I've got How to Be an Anti-Racist. And there was a great Zoom um, uh, event from the Boston Globe with the author of How to Be an Anti-Racist last week. That was great. So those are just some highlights. Um, and number two, I'll be specific. Um, when I ran my first sign meeting as chair of the sign subcommittee, Councillor Scarpelli was very giving of his knowledge and his time to help me run that meeting. And I'm very appreciative of that. And I continue to be appreciative of that. So thank you. Thank you, Councillor Morell. Councillor Falco, if I can. Yes, Councillor Scarpelli. And, uh, I too, I think that we talk about the uh, new councillors and the older counselors, the truth of the matter is we're all counselors. And I, I welcome, uh, I've worked with, with uh, John. I think me and you have been uh, gone through some really tough times, both in the school department and now in the council. And I think that, you know, I, you know uh, sometimes when you're significant other and uh, butt heads, I think that, you know, you get angry with each other. And I think that uh, we need to mend some fences, I think. But I think that Council Morell and Council Beers, you bring a vision that uh, I think that we should be open to listen, and 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 and, uh, and I appreciate that. Um, but you know, for my fellow councils that 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 took a stand, it, it the truth was I think Dean Dean said it right early. Dean Tognarelli, when you know it's t sometimes it's tough to make a decision that's not going to be popular, but that's what we do for our job. So um, Brian, just so to the the inequities, and I've had the four. I'm, I'm fortunate to work in a community where I teach kids of color, I teach um, and I work with uh, uh, our uh, multicultural community in Somerville and we've faced as a soccer coach and, and a head of recreation, we faced a lot of adversity and racism. And, um, and to be honest with you, I have a different insight than most. I, I would, you know, if I had time to read books and, and, and it, would, it would help me, but the, the, the truth is, I sit down with a lot of lot of kids and and parents uh, of color or Latino descent, and we talk about different avenues. and And I know that that's one of the reasons why I'm pushing for a forum. And I know that uh, Councilor Rao made a comment that it's you know at the time that you know we don't need our people of color to be teaching us. But I, to be honest with you, I I use that as a as a learning tool to help me understand these difficult times are going through and how I can relate as a privileged white man and how I can help them. So it, it's been a very eye-opening last few weeks. And uh, like, like Council Knight said, um, this, is our, this is our job. We, we signed on to it. Um, people not, might not agree with what I, what I do, what I say, but it, it's what people entrusted me that voted me in to do. So uh, thank you very much for bringing that full circle again. So thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scott Kelly. Councilor Pierce. Thank you, Mr. President. I'm going to try to answer both questions and be relatively quick because I know how late it is, and but they also deserve serious thought. Um, 
in terms of unconscious bias, I don't know if I've talked about it here before, but um, the year before my senior year of college, my best friend was killed, hit and killed by a car. And, um, you know, I learned a lot that year about what it means to be a product of the circumstances and the systems around you um, and to see how I was given a lot of chances that a lot of our friends weren't given to make up the assignment or make up the test or, um, you know, just live my life and, and be sad and not show up to class for months and still get a good grade because I did the work at the end of the day. Um, and I have friends who were impacted deeply by that, that death, um, who didn't have the privileges that I had, um, who, who weren't afforded that opportunity. And, and between that and, and reading and learning and, and speaking to friends and speaking to people, um, one of the most I wrote for my college paper and, and my senior column was almost entirely about this. And, and it was a huge uh, learning experience for me. And, um, and, you know, I'll, I'll end it there, but, but that's, that's really when I started to really grapple with this in a, in a deep way. Um, and then separately, you know, in terms of the council, look at our voting record. So much of our votes are seven zero. I sit between Councillor Scarpelli and Councillor Knight. I often lean over and ask them a question, you know, especially the first meeting when I had, you know, quite frankly, not quite the idea of what I was doing. And they've been incredibly helpful in, in providing the information and institutional knowledge of the council. Councillor Marks and Councillor Carviello, we had a great subcommittee to, committee meeting together on housing and housing stability during this crisis. Um, so we do a lot together and we get a lot done. Um, that doesn't mean we don't agree, that we, dis we don't disagree often and um that those disagreements aren't serious uh but um you know we work together we work through it we're here for the city of medford so that's why that's why i show up thank you mr president thank you councilor pierce mr president council marks mr president i know there's a few people waiting because i received yeah. a text but i i'll be brief also uh, in the interest of everyone's time um regarding the council I feel like I have a good working relationship with all the council. Do we need to approve upon things? Absolutely, Mr. President. I, I agree with what was mentioned by my colleagues. I think uh, in the first six months uh, of this year, this has been one of the most productive councils I've ever worked with. The pieces of legislation that we've put forward are amazing. The, the marijuana ordinance and the, the list goes on and on, Mr. President. Um, you know, over the last couple of days, uh, when I had people call me up and said, uh, geez, Mike, what the heck's happening? And I say, oh, about the budget? They said, no, you and Adam Knight are voting on the same issue and you're in the same stance together. So, you know, these, these are things, Mr. President, that we as a council, you know, we work through, we'll get through it, Mr. President. And uh, I look forward to a, a, a productive remaining of the year. Um, and I, I think it's important uh, um, regarding our own diversity and so forth that you always keep an open mind, Mr. President. I, I approach everything with an open mind. And I always say, as my mother taught me, treat pe people as you would like to be treated. And that's what I walk through with life. And I try to do the best. I think we all have inherent prejudice uh, that are built into us. And I try to check myself every day regarding that. Um, am I perfect? No, but I'm, it's, it's a work in progress, Mr. President. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. 
So let's see, we have uh, Jean Nuzzo. We're going to try her again. We tried to get her a couple of times. I'm not sure if she stepped away. Let's see. Let me just find her. Jean. Can you hear me? Yes. Name uh, sure. It's Jean Nuzzo, Paris Street in Medford. Okay. Um, thank you. I apologize for not having video. Um, as you can see, there's some technical difficulties. So I'm hoping not having video will help. Uh, this is my fifth cycle of uh, budget, and I'm very excited to see that there's a lot of interest in it. Um, I just, I'm going to try to adhere to the rabbit's rules and uh, just have a few points to make about COVID, meeting logistics, um, and I hope you'll give me a little bit of latitude. Um, so I agree that preventing the spread of, of COVID is crucial uh, in these unprecedented times. However, it was just announced uh, yesterday across the wire that Massachusetts transmission rate is 0.67. This is 0.33 below the 1.0 rate that is considered significant spread of COVID. So what does that tell us? That tells us that we're doing a really good job of social distancing, wearing our masks, and doing the things that we can to prevent spread. We've just entered in Massachusetts into the phase 2-2 two, two, uh, on Monday. And what that means is that we can have an internal occupancy of 50%. In the city of Medford, we have three large-scale spaces that are available for these types of meetings. One is the Alden Chambers, which the City Council meets in on Tuesday prior to the COVID crisis. Um, one is the Karen Theater at the high school, and one is the Chevalier. At 50% occupancy, I've seen uh, the Alden Chamber full to approximately 200 to 250 people. So at 50% occupancy, we would be able to house roughly 100 people and maintain the social distancing requirements that are required, bless you, for, um, uh, for the COVID uh, uh, um, for the COVID guidelines for the state of Massachusetts. Additionally, um, in conjunction with the double masking and six foot distance, when you can't keep a six foot distance, it's common practice currently in the industry to install additional clear barriers, six feet high and approximately four feet wide that further address the distancing requirement. So there are things that are being done in the industry. We've retrofitted hundreds of thousands of square feet of office and lab space to allow for people to be able to work effectively. And I hope that you'll consider these things. I just want to also touch upon two more things with respect to COVID, because I think it's important that we keep hope. The first is, just yesterday, it was announced that pharmaceutical companies believe that they are closing in on the potential vaccine. And a few um, who I won't mention here, um, have said that they even think they might have something by early to mid-fall. And then the second noteworthy item is that remivudine, which is being tested as an injectable, has done so well that the, manuf the manufacturing and pharmaceutical company has announced, I uh, believe it was this morning, that they're investigating an inhalation dose, which means that people will be able to dose themselves under doctor's um, 
under doctor's orders uh, as they would a regular prescription like any other inhaler. So these are wonderful things that we can think of the fact that we're at 0.67%, people are doing what needs to be done, and there is a way that we can meet together. Uh, I think it's important because people process information diff differently. Um, people are differently abled, and we need to use every mechanism to provide opportunities for people to be able to participate. I know that we did the housing production webinar earlier in the month. We were able to turn on through Zoom a real-time closed caption, which some folks that were in, in attendance found really helpful. Perhaps we could reach out and share that information so that closed caption would become available uh, to folks attending city council meetings. Um, saying attendance is increased just because of Zoom is really not an apples-to-apples -apples comparison. It's great that we have more people attending, but if it's different people and we've excluded people who were previously there, we've done a disservice to those folks while providing an additional service to others. And then even beyond that, we have people in our community who are still on the outskirts for whatever reason and not feeling welcomed into the meetings. So I hope that we'll take the opportunities um, to consider how we can invite all members of our community into these dialogues in person, in video, and on the phone, as well as watching our PEG channel that has been a lifeline for many people for many years and part of their social interactions on a regular basis. So I do hope we leverage these opportunities uh, to to make these things available. I would also suggest that it may be worthwhile to investigate having some Zoom moderation training and to have some information on Robert's Rules of Order to help some of the folks who are beginning to attend city council meetings. I can remember when I first started to attend council meetings, it was very daunting, it was a little scary, and it took me some time to get used to it. And even still now, I don't always get it quite right. But perhaps where we've got so much interest, making some of these rules and regulations available to people so that they can understand point of information and privilege and all of those things that are called in meetings will help them to understand that this is really just the protocol and processes that are used to counsel meetings. The last thing I wondered, and you may not have the answer for me, and it may not be um, within the realm of questioning. Uh, I've been thinking about the commentary that folks made earlier about three days no, you know, out of work. If folks were out of work for three days, they would have lost their job. And that's true for a lot of people, unless you're provided notice. So I was wondering, did we city councilors through the chair, did you not attend? Or was there notice that there wouldn't be a quorum. I would hate to have an opinion that you guys just randomly decided not to show. I know we don't always agree, but I know that you always try to do the very best. And I hope that that question isn't out of, a, out of line. Uh, thank you, Jean. Uh, the meeting was posted, uh, I think it was last Thursday. If I, uh, Clark can maybe correct me if I'm wrong. The clerk there. You're muted. Yeah. Sorry, uh, meeting was posted Wednesday, and then uh, there was a change to the Tuesday meeting. So that was actually so that so that the Tuesday meeting was actually reposted on Thursday. Okay, thank you. And council was council provided notice they weren't going to be in attendance. They didn't just not show up. I would hope. 
they 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 supplied emails for uh, the uh, uh, emails and text messages for the meetings on Monday, Monday and Tuesday. If I'm correct, Clark Kirby's. Correct. All right. I just wanted to be sure they weren't no call, no show, because I think that's a, a narrative that's there. And I don't necessarily think that's fair, because as I said, I don't always agree. But I know that the counselors tend to try to do their very best to, to represent folks. Okay. Hey. Point of information. Uh, is it, Nicole Morell. Uh, I'm sorry, Councilor Morell. Uh, thank you. I just wanted to, to note that even though regulations are, are changing, or rather recommendations are changing as far as occupancy rates, it still remains unsafe and against recommendations for people with pre-existing conditions and people over a certain age to be at in-person meetings. So I think when these decisions are made and conversations are had, we need to be really thoughtful about who we might be excluding from meetings. Thank correct. you. You are correct. Uh, I did not know show a meeting, Mr. Mr. President. Um, we've had many discussions over this, and um, we've also had uh, a, a source of disagreement as to whether or not um, this notification was communicated to you uh, appropriately and clearly, and um, that's uh, part of this uh, situation that we're in today. So I think that ultimately, you know, we're at a point now where we're all ready to move on. We have a game plan, Mr. President, so let's Correct. do that. Um, you know, I'd ask now if the, you know there's nobody else that's willing to talk, but we can close this portion of the meeting and um, I'll make a motion to table everything that I put on the agenda for later on. Um, if I may, Councilman, one person, uh, uh, Joyce has been waiting patiently in fire. Uh, so. <laughs> Joyce, name and address for the record, please. Joyce Paul, 8 Mason Street in Medford. Thank you, Joyce. Uh, I've tried to get in, so it's a long way. Anyway, what happened to Mr. Floyd was wrong, illegal, and criminal. It is against the law, and the police officer was arrested and would be tried in a court of law, which should happen. This is the country where we see problems and make laws to correct problems. I do not believe this is a racist country. In fact, the statistics do, do not support that. With all the people in this country and the number of times the police are involved, it is not a true statement that supports a country of racism. Many of the conversations on TV in the last week have talked about changes that have been made and how we as a country have made things better with the police. There are less murders and a better relationship with police and people in many states across this country, including Mass. We have elected a black president twice. I realize there are some examples of racism, but the facts are more black people kill black people than are killed by the police. Most cities like Boston are minorities. The job of a police officer, can, police officer can be extremely dangerous and more police kill themselves than are killed in the line of duty. Police departments throughout this country continue to address racism and focus on relationships with the community. Joyce? I, I apologize for interrupting. Um, did you want to save this for the police meeting? You seem to be talking about law enforcement. That's why. Because I, I go on to something I'm going to ask. I was personally offended by the statement of systemic racism in Medford without any acknowledgement of these facts. There was looting which destroyed the hopes, dreams, and future of many people in mass. I do believe that this was against our country and not about the issues. Protesting is legal, but not looting and burning. 
Now there is talk about changing the money the police receive. The police budget is for salary. And if there is less money, there'll be less police, which I assume is the goal. We would have more people and less order, which to me sounds dangerous. Joyce? Police are a basic functioning for society. I do not support taking money from the police budget. Okay, now we are told the Columbus School must change its name because certain people are offended. I know many people in Medford who grew up here and attended that school and are offended at a possible name change. I realize there was a vote, but many people were not aware and had no say in this matter. Again, we want to do, but not that I can see, for the better for Medford. We need to continue to work together to stop all racism, sexism, and violence against Jewish people, but not by blaming or punishing the police or by causing more dissension among Medford residents by changing certain names. Those who are so extreme and want to change Medford into some of them must be stopped. I ask and hope it is possible to address the name change of the Columbus School again and in a way that allows a broader range of Medford residents to speak. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Joyce. Godfall Bears. Thank you, Mr. President. I just wanted to, uh, um, you know, systemic racism is real. It's a national and a local crisis. And uh, I apologize for the false information that was put out there uh, just a moment ago regarding, you know, these fake ideas of, of black on black crime and, and all of that. Um, you know, that's just ridiculous. The reason that crime is the way it is, is that our country is segregated and our city is segregated. Um, so again, systemic racism is a national and local crisis. And for, for the 146 people who've been here for four and a half hours, uh, sorry that you had to hear that. Thank you, Kotzel Bias, for your clarifying. Um, let's see, uh, there was someone, uh, is that everyone? I apologize. Clark Herterbees, did we get everyone? I think so, Mr. President, but I can't tell. Oh, there's a somebody who says uh, fire tablet is the, there's a hand up. Okay, fire tablet, name and address for the record, please. Sounds like a personnel decision. Who's tablet? <laughs> Hi folks, it's me. It's Angela Moore at 30 Vine Street. Hi, <laughs> Your child loses your iPad in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> can you all hear me? Yes, we can. Please continue. So I just wanted to say on a different note that I'm, as someone who's spoken up in Medford politics for a number of years, um, I'm really happy to see new people and old people, older people, um, speaking up and having a voice and having a way to communicate to maybe come together to find the Medford that we all believe we deserve. Um, I don't know what the answer is for the budget. I am afraid that in-person um, meetings will be dangerous as someone that is at risk. And there's so many components that I think we don't understand as not being um, healthcare professionals or public health professionals that we haven't even taken into consideration. So as much as I recognize why people want to be in person, as much as I recognize why I would like to look someone in the eye when I tell them the decision that I'm making, um, I think we just need to take a step back and recognize that 
we are still in the middle of a pandemic. And while some of us feel like we're living more of a normal life, those of us that are still worried about getting sick or making our loved ones sick or understand that just a simple trip to the grocery store could bring it home to someone that we live with. Um, I just ask that you all take that into consideration when the decision comes about how this meeting is going to work in the future, since our budget is obviously going to have to be passed at some point. So that's it. I appreciate where you're all coming from. I do not think being a politician is easy. I do not think what any of you are doing right now is easy. And I do appreciate that you're sitting there and you're listening and change is not easy and nobody likes to be made feel uncomfortable. Um, but it is probably a time of reflection for our city. And I, as one, know that I'm trying to take that into consideration as I talk to my children and the people I meet and the people I know and my understanding of what Medford is. So that's just all I had to say. Um, thanks to everybody who's hung in there this long. I am really... Um, happy to see that this is where Medford is going and I'm really happy to know that in the future perhaps people like me won't be the only ones sitting alone in city council chambers so that's it thank you thank you okay we all set clerk interviews we sure haven't missed anybody well if I'm going to conclude by just uh, thanking everyone for participating in a public participation portion of our meeting tonight um it's all they're very valuable. I appreciate everyone's input. I believe the councils probably do as well. But um, I just wanted to say thank you, especially those who uh, stuck it out to the almost end. It's 11.37. I have on my clock here. We began at 7 p.m. So it's uh, been a bit of a marathon. But I want to thank everyone for uh, your commitment and for really, um, uh, you know, just for all your comments. So uh, thank you to everyone. Mr. President, if I can. Yeah, Councilor Scott Pelly. Thank you. I, I believe there was uh, in the chat room, someone was very angry with me. Shame, shame, shame. Because I, I, I guess uh, I was muted when I said thank you, Council Morell, for the kind words <laughs> about our subcommittee meeting. Thank you. Motion to revert back to the regular order of business. Uh, motion of Council Knight to revert back to the regular order of business. Seconded second. by, second by Council of Bears. Clerk, please call the roll. Mr. President, before you call the roll, Yes, Council Marks. I, I believe there were a number of letters submitted uh, to the council under public participation as well. And uh, I would ask that uh, they be received and placed on file, Mr. President. Okay. Uh, on the motion of Council Marks to receive those letters and placed on file, seconded by uh, Mr. President. Second, Mr. President. Seconded by Vice President Caviello, Council of Beers. Uh, can I just, uh, I, 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 this might just be on my, my account. Um, if we do that, will they be placed into the record, Mr. Clerk? You just muted yourself. You, you've actually been unmuted. <laughs> I apologize. Um, Councilor Knight has raised a concern uh, with some of these written correspondences. Um, and he asked me to, he said that upon review, he feels that there were some portions of these correspondences that call into question both his reputation and his character. And uh, he invokes his right to have these matters reviewed in an executive session accompanied by counsel prior to any introduction or discussion thereof by the public body. That's fine with me. I, I don't want to. I have not, I have not seen the letters, so I, I will apologize, but um, 
Let's see. So the motion was by was it Councilor Marks to receive a place on file? Yes, Mr. President. And that seconded by Councilor Vice President Carbiello seconded first. Thank you, Mr. President. Seconded by Vice President Carbiello. Yes. Clerk Hernandez, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carbiello. Yes. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. That seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative? That is correct. That's what I have. The letters are received in place on file. Reintroduce the motion to revert back to the regular order of business. On the motion of Councilor Knight, second and by. Second. We're going to make Councilor Beers to revert to the regular order of business. Clerk Hernandez, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven affirmative zero and the negative. The motion passes and we will now report Bert to the regular order of business. Uh, motions, orders, and resolutions 20 421 offered by Council Knight. Motion table. On the motion of Council Knight to table 20 421. Second and by. Council Scarpelli. Councilor Scarpelli, clerk, please call the roll. Uh, Mr. President, are you, uh, actually, can I ask Councilor Knight? Councilor, are you tabling for one week or are you tabling indefinitely? Um, uh, I'll table uh, indefinitely and I can with, pull it from the agenda if uh, need be. But um, my intention would be to take it up next week. But if our meeting goes five hours before we start the agenda, then I will not take it up next week. So why don't we just keep it under his unfinished business? So we'll put it on the table under, under, yeah. under unfinished business. Okay. Yeah. Uh, assuming, that's your, assuming that ends up being your vote. On yes. that motion. I'm ready for the roll call whenever you are. Please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirm Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. I apologize, I'm, I'm having volume problems. <coughs> okay. Let's see, 20-423. Uh, motion table. Council Knight. Um, uh, Council Knight has made a motion to table. Second and by. Second. Council appears. Clerk Hernandez, please call the roll. Council Knight, is this the same, is, are you tabling in the same way as the, as the last resolution? Anything with my name on it, I'm tabling that I haven't already withdrawn. We can take okay. it up at a later date. To keep, it on, to keep it on the table, not to a date certain. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero the negative, the motion, uh, the Resolution at the table. Mr. President, can I interrupt before you, uh, before you go to the next resolution? Yes. Uh, Councilor Knight has also withdrawn uh, paper 20-450. Okay, that's withdrawn. Yep. So 20450 offered by Councilor Knight has been withdrawn. Did we do 20425? No, but I wanted, to, I, wanted, I wanted to get to 450 before you called anything else. Okay. So 20-425 offered by Councilor Knight. Motion to table. He's motioned that to uh, be tabled. Second, by. Second. Second. 
Dr. Scott Pelly, clerk enemies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Two zero dash four five one offered by Council Morell. Be it resolved that the City Council advance the ordinance establishing a so named Method Women's slash Gender Equity Commission. Council Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, so this is just a, a resolution simply to take this paper back up. Um, it was originally introduced as 19-312 in the last session um, to establish a women or gender equity commission in the city of Medford by ordinance. Um, so I've gotten much outreach over the past few months about this potential commission. And I think now with so many people looking for ways that they can be involved um, in what goes on at City Hall and lead Medford forward in these times, I think it's important that we advance it and bring it back to a committee of the whole to work out um, kind of the final issues around the ordinance. Um, there's, of course, the intersectionality of issues of race, gender and class at this commission um, would definitely focus on it and advance forward. And I think it's a much needed um, ordinance at this time, um, as well as to have these conversations going forward. So I, it's just a motion to have this taken up at a future committee of the whole. Council Merle, thank you for bringing this forward. Um, this actually is on our list. Uh, it's still in committee of the whole. Uh, it has not been forgotten about. It's just, this has been a busy, uh, we've been kind of meeting nonstop since the beginning, since the term started. So, um, so <coughs> excuse me. So um, it's still on the list. Uh, I promise you that. And I hope that we can bring it up soon. It uh, looks like there's other councils that want to speak on this. Uh, Councilor Knight. Um, I was going to speak on it, but in the interest of time, Mr. President, I'll second the motion. We can deal with it in subcommittee. Okay. Or in uh, committee of the whole, rather. Yeah. Okay, on the motion of Councilor Morell, seconded by Councilor Knight. Clerk Herbies, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Uh, two zero dash four five two offered by Council Knight. Motion to table. On the motion of Council Knight to table this resolution, seconded by. Second. Council Marks, Clerk Ernabees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero and the negative. The motion is tabled. Two zero dash four five three offered by Council tonight. Be resolved that the Memphis City Council requests a report from the City Administration relative to the shooting on Saltonstall Road that occurred on 6-13-2020. Council tonight. Move approval. On the motion of Second by Council of Bears. Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Uh, 20-454 by Council and I be it resolved that the Method City Council be provided with the city's existing free cash policy. Council and I move, move approval. 
Lamusha Katal Knight to approve. Second it by. Second. Katal Scott Pelly, clerk enemies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. <coughs> yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seventy affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Two zero dash four five five offered by Council of Bears. Be resolved that the Memphis City Council create a subcommittee on communications and public engagement, which will discuss matters related to how the communication. I'm sorry. How the council communicates with Memphis residents, updates, improvements to council communications procedures, and engaging the public to ensure. The public participation with council business occurs in an equitable and inclusive manner for all residents and communities in our city, Council of Bears. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, you know, I think it's an apt uh, item to be on the agenda for tonight after four and a half hours of public participation that I think overall went very well. Um, but one of the biggest pieces of feedback I've been hearing in the past couple of weeks at the Human Rights Commission meeting um, and just from residents in general is, how can we, and I think we heard it tonight too, right? You know, how can we make it clearer and easier and provide guidance and help for people to participate in our meetings and, and participate in city government and make sure that we're doing that in a way that uh, breaks down barriers that might exist right now? Um, I think that would be the intent of this resolution and the subcommittee is to have a group of us, um, hopefully of different minds uh, on, on issues like this to come together and say, here are some ways that we could work together, work with the clerk's office, work with the city administration to make sure that Things are, you know, posted in a, a clear and equitable manner on the city website, um, and, and that kind of that kind of thing. So um, that that is my uh, resolution and the intent of it. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Beers. Okay, we have a number of uh, let's see, Councilor Morell, and then Councilor Knight, Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, I just want to echo Councilor Bears. Um, for those who were able to attend the conversation on racism event online last week, this is something that came up repeatedly, um, issues with communication as far as them needing to be more equitable and just a first uh, step to uh, making sure voices are heard from the community. Um, so if this council is about action, this is a great first action we can take um, to really address some of the inequities that exist and not to call anyone out, but to the gentleman uh, who struggled to find tonight's council agenda on the website, um, so did I. So there's obviously a, a lot of room for improvement. So I look forward to that and I support this. Thank you. Thank you, Council Morrell. Council Knight. Motion to refer Committee of the Whole for further discussion, Mr. President. Okay, on the motion of uh, Council Knight to move this to Committee of the Whole for further discussion, seconded by? Second. Council Marks, Clerk Erdemies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. 20-456, offered by Council of Bears, be a result that the Memphis City Council create a user-friendly... Mr. President, we lost you. John, we just lost you. Hey, guys. Table it. Okay. Did you get any of that? <laughs> uh, okay. 20-456, offered by Council of Bears. Be it resolved that the Memphis City Council create a user-friendly guide for public participation that is translated into multiple languages and is easily accessible on the city website. Be it further resolved that the Memphis City Council work with the city clerk to improve the resolution tracking system on the city website. 
be it re uh, further resolved that the Memphis City Council work with the city clerk to update the manner in file format in which council meeting agendas are posted to enable copy paste uh, accessibility and ensure access to council meeting agendas for people with disabilities. Council of Bears. Thank you, Mr. President. I mean, I think these are actions along the lines of potentially what the subcommittee I proposed would would do. Um, but I would just, uh, I think they're good. I think they're they're clear, low hanging fruit actions that we can take. I would uh, make a motion to send this to committee of the whole as well for the same discussion as the subcommittee. Second. A motion to council up here is seconded by council tonight. Court Kirby's, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven affirmative, zero and a negative. The motion passes. 20-457 was withdrawn. 20-458 uh, offered by Council Marks. Be it resolved that the city of Medford apply for the Massachusetts Department of Transportation Shared Streets and Spaces Grant. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I put together an hour presentation for this, uh, so I hope you guys would indulge me. Uh, <laughs> you got the popcorn, hold on. That was a joke, that was a joke. M Mr. President, as we know over the last uh, month or so, that outdoor dining has opened up in this community, yep. and uh, there's been a lot of interest and suggestions how to use some of our major thoroughfares uh, to assist local businesses and restaurants in uh, using up some of the space in order to put outside dining. Uh, the Mass Department of Transportation just released their Shared Streets and Spaces Grant, and it's a $300,000, up to $300,000 available. And uh, the COVID-19 uh, has highlighted some existing mobility needs, as well as the need for meaningful commerce to now be safely conducted on sidewalks and streets. Um, the, the improvements include streets, curbs, sidewalks, on-street parking spaces, spaces, and off-street parking lots. Improvements can be intentionally temporary or pilots of potentially permanent change. Uh, applications, and the reason why I brought this up tonight, Mr. President, applications are being accepted as of June 22nd on a first-come, first-served basis to September 29th. I would ask Mr. President that we take a vote to ask the city administration to uh, expedite and apply for uh, this particular grant for shared streets and spaces grant, Mr. President, in the interest of uh, outdoor dining and also in the interest, Mr. President, in assisting uh, those small establishments uh, that may not have uh, the capacity, Mr. President, to make uh, outdoor dining a reality and this would uh, definitely help out. Thank you, Councilor uh, Marks. On the motion of Councilor Marks, seconded by? Second. Second, Mr. President. Councilor Knight. We have Nicole, uh, Councilor Morell and that Councilor Beers. Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, I just want to thank Councilor Marks for bringing this forward. I think this is a, a great opportunity to support our local businesses and their efforts for outdoor um, safe dining. And then also a great way to reimagine uh, Medford and get some ideas to make us a much more multimodal city. So I support this. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Morell. Councilor Beers. I second uh, what both Councilor Marks and Councilor Morell said. And I just wanted to add, uh, this came across uh, I get the State House News Service. Um, it came across my desk. I immediately 
forward of it to the mayor's office. And I know that they have been working as well to take advantage of this program in some way. Um, I don't know if they've applied. So that's why I strongly support this, but I at least know they were interested. So I hope that this is just a, a win, win, win for Medford. Thank you. Thank you. Chandling motion of Councilor Mark, seconded by Councilor Beers. Clerk Hurtabies, please call the roll. Sorry, it would help if I unmuted. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Mr. President, motion to table the committee reports. A motion of Council Knight to committee, uh, table the committee report, seconded by. Second. Council Scott Pelley, Clerk Curtis, please come roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Uh, I believe uh, records, right, Clerk Curtis? Records, yes. Two records. The table records uh, of the meeting of June 9, 2020 were passed at Councilor Marks. Councilor Marks, how did you find those records? Uh, Mr. President, I hate to say during this night that I shirked my duties on uh, these particular records, and I would ask for one more week for review, Mr. President. Okay. Motion to table. On the motion to table the records. Second. Second, second by Councilor Bears. Clerk Hurtabies, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. The records of the meeting of June 16th were passed to Councilor Morell. Councilor Morell, how did you find those records? Um, in efforts of working equitably moving forward, I found them stupendous. <laughs> stupendous records. Thank you. <laughs> on the motion of Councilor Morell to approve the records, the stupendous records, seconded by. Second. Councilor Scarpelli, Clerk Hurtabies, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Affirmative. Vice President Carriello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Scarpelli. Sorry, yes. Thanks. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Motion to adjourn. Miss, if I if I could. Yeah. <laughs> Councilor Morell. President, I just want to note that we're just a few minutes shy of midnight. We've got 93 people on the call, so I want to thank everyone for coming out um, and, and sticking with us. So. Yes. We thank everyone for staying to the end. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Come back again. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Um, on the motion to adjourn by, by Councilor Knight, seconded by second. Councilor Morell, Clerk Hurtabies, please call the roll. Councilor Bears, yes. Vice President Carabiello, yes. Councilor Knight, oh yes. <laughs> Councilor Marks, yes. Councilor Morell, yes. Councilor Scarpelli, yes. President Falco, yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Good night. Good, night, uh, good morning. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Have a good day, everyone.
Be kind and be safe. Thank you.